0: Welcome to the Race with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where life of Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading from Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Jesus left there and went to his hometown. His disciples followed him. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did this man learn these things? What is this wisdom that has been given to this man? How is it that miracles such as these are performed by his hands? Isn't this the carpenter, son of Mary, and the brother of James, Josie, Judas, and Simon? And aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, and among his own relatives, and in his own house. He could not do any miracles there except to lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went around the villages teaching. Jesus called the twelve and began to send them out, two by two. He gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for their journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in their belts. They were to put on sandals, but not wear two coats. He said to them, Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that area. Any place that will not receive you or listen to you as you leave there, shake the dust that is under your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They also drove out many demons. They anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. King Herod heard about this because Jesus' name had become well known. Herod was saying, John the baptizer has been raised from the dead. That is why these powers are at work in him. But others were saying, He is Elijah. Still others were saying, He is a prophet like one of the prophets of old. When Herod heard this, he said, This is John, the man I beheaded. He was raised. For it was Herod who had sent men to arrest John. He had him bound in prison because Herod had married Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip. Indeed, John had been telling him, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Herodias held a grudge against John and wanted to put him to death, but she could not, because Herod feared John. He knew that John was a righteous and holy man, so he kept him safe. When Herod listened to John, he was perplexed in many ways, yet he gladly kept listening to him. An opportune day came when it was Herod's birthday. He gave a banquet for his nobles, the military officers, and the prominent men of Galilee. When the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, She pleased Herod and his guests. The king said to the girl, Ask me whatever you want and I will give it to you. With an oath he promised her, Whatever you ask of me I will give to you, up to half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What should I ask for? Herodias said, The head of John the baptizer. The girl hurried right back to the king and made her request, I want you to give me the head of John the baptist on a platter right now. The king was very sad, but because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he did not want to refuse her. The king sent an executioner at once and ordered him to bring John's head. He went, beheaded John in prison, brought his head on a platter, and gave it to the girl. Then the girl gave it to her mother. When John's disciples heard about this, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away by yourselves to a secluded place for a while. For there were many people coming and going that they did not even get a chance to eat. They went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. But many people saw them leave and knew where they were going. They ran there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. When Jesus stepped out of the boat, he saw a large crowd. His heart went out to them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He began to teach them many things. It was already late in the day when his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and it is already very late. Send them away, so that they can go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. They asked him, Should we go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? He said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go see. When they found out, they said five, and two fish. He directed everyone to sit down in groups on the green grass. They sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, looked up to heaven, and blessed the loaves, and broke them. Then he kept giving pieces to his disciples to set in front of them. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. Then they picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. There were five thousand men who ate the loaves. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead to the other side to Bethsaida, while he himself dismissed the crowd. After he had sent them off, he went up on the mountain to pray. When it was evening, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and Jesus was alone on the land. He saw them straining at the oars, because the wind was against them. About the fourth watch of the night, that is, between three a.m. and six a.m., he went to them walking on the sea. He was ready to pass by them. When they saw him walking on the sea, they thought he was a ghost, and they cried out. They all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke with them and said, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Then he climbed up into the boat with them, and the wind stopped. They were completely amazed because they had not understood about the loaves. Instead, their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret and anchored there. As soon as they stepped out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran round that whole region and began to bring sick people on their stretchers to where they heard he was. Wherever he entered villages, cities, or the countryside, they were laying sick people in the marketplaces and pleading with him that they might just touch the edge of his garment and all who touched it were made well. This is the word of our God. You'll notice in this section that we go back and forth between those who reject Jesus and those who receive Jesus. Those who reject him are those who have power and authority, and those who are puzzled, (laughs) like King Herod. And those who receive Jesus are those that we would not expect. Those that reject him are even his own family the people that he grew up with, those he worked with in Nazareth. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this the brother of James, Joses, Judas, and Simon? And aren't his sisters here with us? There is some debate as to who are these siblings of Jesus. And I think the most logical, the most natural explanation is that these would be children of Joseph and Mary. But it's right here at the beginning of chapter six that we see um, Jesus say that a prophet is not received in his hometown. He has he has honor everywhere except in his own town, and among his relatives and in his own house, and and that's kind of emblematic, emblematic of um, of the rest of the chapter, where here are the people who should be most receiving him and yet are not, and yet the ones who um, we would expect to reject him do not. And it falls right in line with that theme. As Jesus began his ministry all the way back in chapter 1, he went and preached the good news, repent and believe the gospel, the kingdom of heaven has come near. And what Jesus does as he faces opposition, he doesn't get discouraged, he just kind of moves on from there. And even on top of that, he commissions his disciples to do more teaching. Um, he he doubles down and digs down and does more work instead of throwing up his hands and saying, oh no, this is too difficult, this is too hard, and um, what are we going to do? I guess I'll just pack it in. No, he sends, he sends out his disciples in pairs, and he sends them out in such a way where they have to, um, first of all, trust that he's going to provide for them, and second of all, they have to uh, make their living from those to whom they are preaching. They went out and they preached. They drove out many demons. They anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Now uh, that comment about oil, um, Luke has that comment about oil as well, but he he describes the anointing with oil specifically as a medical treatment. Um, but the only other place where we hear about anointing with oil is in the book of James. And there, James really stresses the power of prayer in connection with the anointing of oil. Anyway, um, talking about the opposition that Jesus receives, and he he continues his work. And then Herod is like, man, who is this guy? It's got to be John the Baptizer raised from the dead. And Herod's conscience has been bothering him because he took his brother's wife and, um, and had John the Baptist killed. Maybe that clues us into a, another theme in this section, not so much or not only the opposition that Jesus faces and the ministry that he carries out despite that opposition, but also the fact that those who follow in the footsteps of Jesus will carry a cross also, that those who follow Jesus will face some opposition also, and that even here, Jesus teaches us to trust him, just like the disciples were taught to trust him when Jesus sent them out two by two, and just like the entire crowd should have learned to trust him when Jesus was there giving them the fish and the loaves. Jesus teaches you and me to trust him Sometimes that's easier than other times, I mean John the Baptist, while he was still here in prison, he sent his own disciples to Jesus and said, "Well, are we expecting Are you the one that we expected, or should we wait for somebody else, whether he himself was discouraged and and maybe despairing, or whether he was just trying to hand his disciples off to follow Jesus? Um we don't know for certain, but what we do see." is that Jesus is trustworthy despite, um, despite any questions that we would have. And that's even more the case when we have nowhere else to turn. John the Baptist had nowhere else to turn, and yet Jesus was trustworthy in bringing him to heaven. That was, you know, to the outside eye, to the external observer, it would look like John the ba- Baptizer, John the Baptist, had had just a terrible time. He had been preaching, and then he was imprisoned, and and they didn't let him go, and then he was, he was killed for it. But Jesus opened heaven to him, and he went to heaven right then, that day. Because that's the thing. That Jesus has to deal with, and that we who follow him and carry our cross as we follow him, have to deal with as well. That we walk by faith and not by sight. That we go by what Jesus says in His Word, not by the results that we see and the reactions that we get. Um, that is even prominent in the feeding of the five thousand. This is the first peak of Jesus's popularity. This is the the crowds who are streaming to follow him, streaming after him, and even the disciples don't get it their hearts were hard in their unbelief they didn't see how jesus who had multiplied the fish and loaves could walk out to them in the middle of the lake and jesus still came to them anyway so what shall we learn from all this well opposition to jesus is everywhere um whether it's on the the externals the places where jesus would be least likely ex- experiencing opposition it's still there um And the places where we would not expect, such as our own hearts, still oppose Jesus. That sinful flesh hates the idea of Jesus. And opposition is there for the believers who follow Jesus. Whether it is engaging in church work or simply going about your everyday occupation, your vocation, Um, the opposition is still going to be there. And through it all, Jesus proves himself to be faithful. He proves himself to be faithful, not on the basis of the um, expected outcome or on the basis of what we see or feel in our hearts, but on the basis of the spiritual reality that he has brought home to you and to me, that your sin has been forgiven. And because of this, heaven stands open and you can be confident in following Jesus despite any and every opposition. So as you go about your day, just take a moment and say a brief prayer thanking Jesus for being faithful at all times and asking for the strength and the encouragement to speak of his grace and to follow him confidently at all times. Thanks so much for joining us here at the Raised with Jesus podcast. If this is your first time listening, make sure you hit subscribe in your podcast app, and we'll see you again tomorrow for Mark chapter 7.